0: Hi cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, we have a very special guest joining us today on our private bits, Kyron Potts, who is a two spirit person and an indigenous content creator. Want to say hi,
1: Kyron? Hi, I abolished that.
0: <laughs> I am so happy that you are joining me. I, I feel like I have just been so in love with you on social media. You know, I'm, I, you're like one of my like Instagram crushes. And I feel like you also inspired me so much I think on my own sort of journey of just like learning and wanting to I think like educate myself and, and I I guess I really like have looked to you for for a lot of knowledge. So thank you for for being so open, I think with like your knowledge online and, and just sharing your story. And I, I'm just yeah I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation Aww, today. Thank because, like, you. I just adore you. <laughs> That's so
1: sweet. Thank you so much for having me. I feel the same way about you. I've been following you for since we met. At the Powell Cafe in yes. that was a oh my long gosh, time ago. So that long was like ago. three years ago, I think. Oh my god, way more than that. Yeah, maybe 2019. <laughs> that was like before the I, pandemic. Yeah. So it's been since then. And I sort of had an idea of who you were, but I you kind of were just like this ethereal person <laughs> that didn't really like exist in real world. And then Scott, my friend Scott, yes. was like, Oh my god, there's miles. Scott. And you're like, serving this like look you had this big hat on oh, and I? a big yeah. flowy like <laughs> oh, I we could see you like three blocks down and he was like well you have to come meet this person and I'm like wow oh my god I know who this person is because I followed your work in uh, HIV and uh, in, like uh, education for like Yay. sex education so oh a big my god I'm well. so happy you know <laughs>
0: Scott Scott's also like I feel like he's like a connector you know like I feel like he like brings well, people yeah, together. yeah and like
1: we can talk about it later but like yeah. two-spirit people that's a big role of ours is connecting people <gasps>
0: I love that. Well, I love that you brought this up to you because I think for a lot of people, I think the term like Two-Spirit or, you know, you you more refer to yourself as Wink Day. And, you know, could you explain, I guess, like a little bit of like what that means so that people can kind of like understand as we go through these conversations?
1: Absolutely. So Two-Spirit um, in itself is a relatively a newer mm-hmm. term. Uh, to describe something that's not new at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I say it's newer is because we really have only been using this term 2 spirits since the early 90s. Totally. Um, and this was brought into inception by a lovely elder uh, named Dr. Myra Laramie who met with a lot of Indigenous elders, who are queer elders uh, in Winnipeg. And they uh, they brought this term and, 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 you know, that they always maintain that they didn't create this term, that mm-hmm. this term was sort of given to the community and yes. they were sort of like a messenger of it. And so that's why we use the term Two-Spirit to sort of um, group together Indigenous queer people for the sake of um, like legislation and mm-hmm. for the government and for non-Indigenous people who don't understand our languages. Um, and because we have so many indigenous nations in, in what's known as Canada. Yes. um, We have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different nations that all speak different languages. Mm. And even in those languages, there's different dialects of those languages. So having like 50 people at a conference trying to identify themselves is really difficult when you're looking to create things for policy and healthcare and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. So they wanted to make sure that there was something that we could identify as. um, And so that's why they came up with the term Two-Spirit. And it comes from the word Manitowak. So Nij meaning two and Manadu are Manatwak, meaning spirits. Mm. So it just means somebody who's like a two-souled or two-spirit person. Not everybody uh, identifies with this term. I I do it just because it kind of feels right for me. But um I identify as well as Winkte or Wiankte in my language, uh, which is I, I'm Nakota, Nakota Su, and my people speak uh Ithgabi or Ithka, um, which is a stony language, a Siniboine, and um it's, uh, it's kind of like English sucks at uh, <laughs> putting into, like it, it loses a lot of magic. Totally. And so, weankte or winkte, the root word is weah in our language. wia meaning woman mm-hmm. and then "wecha" meaning man. So wia weankte, meaning somebody who kind of moves through the world, who is a man who moves through the world similar to how a woman would. Mm-hmm. and not necessarily looks like a woman or, like, acts like a woman, but, like, moves through the world in the sense that, you know, a lot of the the roles that they play are similar to a lot of women. Um, they, it may mean that they take sex, same-sex partners. Mm-hmm. It may mean that um, the way that they identify or present themselves is really womanly or feminine. And so it just really made sense for me. And, I mean, I identify as, like, queer and, like, you know, gay, all these things, but... Um, it feels nice to have something for ourselves mm-hmm, totally. to kind of just, like, put into uh, words what has existed in Turtle Island or North America for, you know, since before the English language. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Is there another word in your language for, like, someone who would maybe identify as a woman, but, like, would 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 lean more into, like, the masculinity?
1: Yeah, we have lots of words. Um, Specifically, f- so, like... Sioux people or uh, Lakota people, um, they understood the existence of, like, male person, woman, and then they had the two-spirit person, and then they had the uh, intersex, and they had, mm-hmm. like, transmask, transfem. And so, so th- cool. yeah, they had really um, uh, complex and beautiful understandings of what n- sort of existed naturally mm-hmm. in the community. And instead of trying to, like, stamp it out or, like, Uh, extinguish it they Mm -hmm. sort of just took it as like well you know creator created these people yes or whoever you know whoever you believe in created these people so that must mean it's natural Mm -hmm. and so instead of saying like why are you like that it's like oh cool you're like that like let's learn about that and let's embrace it and so many of our communities um, really did a great job of and I say our meaning just like my people I can't Mm -hmm. speak to everybody but um, had a great job of categorizing people based on uh, what their role was in the community, you know, like uh, even a lot of um, the traditional names for um, indigenous nations aren't gendered. Mm-hmm. For example, um, so cool. I grew up Cree, yes, um, and Cree is the most spoken language in Canada for indigenous mm-hmm. people. And um, learning that you know, you don't say he or she, you just say like that person or that mm. spirit, like the, the like more neutral, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I would identify like you, for example, as my, like, mm-hmm. which is just a gender neutral way of saying you're my friend oh, so instead of cool. saying, like, you're my girlfriend or my boyfriend. You know, and even like um, when we call our partners, uh, I, I would say that my husband or my partner is my nichimos, which okay. just means my spirit or is like close to my heart. Aww, doesn't my mean place. that he's my boyfriend or he's my husband <laughs> yeah. or my my wife or anything. Um, just very gender neutral. Mm-hmm. And um, we say kia to mean you, niya to mean me. And then like, Anybody else that um, we're not really referring to, we can say like we are or anything mm-hmm. like that, and that is just like like they them almost. Yeah. So it's like really, um, we we use animate and inanimate to determine um, like how we change the words, and so even things like rocks, for example, yes. they're they're animate mm-hmm. in our language because we called them kehteak um, or uh, we call them like elders. Mm-hmm. So the word asini, which is rock or stone, um, is actually an animate word even mm. though in English you would consider it inanimate. Yeah. And so it's just really like different perspectives of the way that we look at the world, right? Like we are not different from nature. Totally. We are nature yeah, we're as all, well. we're all a part and of so, it. And um, so queerness, since it exists so naturally, mm-hmm. has never been seen as something that needed to be like casted away or mm-hmm. like stamped out.
0: I think it's really fascinating because I think just, just double clicking into the language piece first – you know, how, you know, so many people are like, oh, well, like, you know, gender neutral pronouns or whatever is like so new. And it's like, you know, oh, it's like, you know, we don't want to change anything when yeah. it's actually like not the original, like, you know, this is not actually anything new. It's something that, that has existed, you know, since the beginning of time, basically. Well, exactly.
1: And, and, and more and more young people are learning about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just that I think now we are arming ourselves with the language we're equipping ourselves Mm -hmm. with this language of knowing how to put all of that into words when for so many years so many generations um you weren't really allowed to society did a really good job of scaring a lot of people into um keeping those parts of themselves hidden uh, and obviously to their detriment i mean we know about how many uh, mental health issues uh, exist in our queer Mm -hmm. communities um but now that we're able to kind of start to proudly put not labels necessarily, but just identify ourselves in our own ways. Yes. I think that's like super beautiful. And it's kind of like come back full circle to like, um, all of the things that I was taught, um, growing up about like how queerness is really natural. And, totally. Yeah. I think it's beautiful.
0: It really is. And I, I think too, like, I, I really want, like, I really encourage people to like, even just from like a scientific level, like look at like, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of species of animals that also have more than three genders, you know, like there is there's such a beautiful diversity that like exists in our world, but you know, I think we're kind of like ignorant to, to learning about it and actually yeah. like seeing beyond what I think like these sort of colonial binaries that totally. we've been sort of like put, put over our over our heads, you know, for so many years of our lives. So oh,
1: yeah, we're just we we live in a colonial just were like suffocated by colonization and I wish more and more people understood that that like the society that you live in and that you um are controlled by without Mm. words that isn't the only way to live and has never been the only way to live and when I tell people about um the fact that I'm I might identify as two-spirit or whatever Mm. they're like so shocked and baffled by it sometimes and they're angry about it because it's like it doesn't fit into their pre-programmed mm-hmm. colonial, like men have to do this, women do this. There's only two.
0: Yeah. You have to
1: fit in one or the other. And when you don't, it just gets them so angry. And it's like, have you ever considered that other cultures exist? Yeah. Other languages exist? Like you and your little, you know, New York apartment aren't the only person in the world who like, um, like that's not the only way to be. Totally. Like there are like tribes in... Um, New Zealand and in South America Mm. and in Asia who like have never been in contact with colonization and I wonder what their societies are like you know like what they believe and so it's just that's why I fight so ferociously against Mm -hmm. colonization because I'm just constantly reminded of how much damage like colonization has done and continues to do because a lot of people think that colonization was just like some Event that happened, yeah. You know, no. oh, you know, Samuel de Champlain came over, or like John Cabot, or yeah, whoever these like Italian, French, British explorers are, and then that's kind of all that happened. Like, no, it built a structure of colonization yes. that that we live in every single day. Totally, and um that's a great example of like the effects of it. It, it brought over the idea that, and, and a lot of it is based in the church. Yeah, and people don't like to hear that either, but no, it's but the it's, truth. That is
0: exactly the truth.
1: <laughs> and so, um. Just sort of trying to educate people and bring some awareness towards the fact that, like, hey, whether you believe in us or not, Mm -hmm. we're just going to continue to exist. Totally. And we're never really going to stop. Like, once we stop being born, then maybe it'll stop, but it's probably not going to (laughs) happen.
0: No. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, like, you know, for myself anyway, it's been one of those things that I've been constantly trying to challenge myself with of, like, you know like why am i thinking this way mm-hmm. and like why am i reacting this way because i think that like you know these sort of like this colonial mindset you know i i just it really took a huge like oh, like chokehold over mm-hmm. my life you know and like how just so many just so many things of just like how i perceived things even like within you know i'm going to use myself as an example of like my own femininity you know like i looked At my femininity as a weakness you know I looked at it as like something that is not powerful and is not strong Mm -hmm. you know and it was like one that was like one of the like a a big thing that I had to challenge within myself of like why do I think this way you know and like why why am I reacting this way within myself you know and it's like you know when I really break it down it like really comes down to this sort of like colonial mindset that I was kind of groomed into you know like within my within my family and, and society and you know, and I, I really try to, like, encourage people to, like, you know, start learning and doing as much as you can to, like, think
1: about, like, why,
0: you know, just how we live our lives and, like, how, why we're reacting to things and, like, how we can do better, I think, so.
1: Yeah, femininity is one of those things, like, like, I, I see your femininity mm-hmm. existing, like, so much at the same time as your masculinity. Totally. Um, And I see some of the comments that you get online specifically yeah. where people are really confused by you. For sure. And you bring up a lot of, like, you 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 shine a light on a lot of shadows and a lot of people, mm, totally. and that makes them uncomfortable, right? Absolutely. And I think that, f- like, g- growing up, I was like always feminine, yeah, super feminine. Like, I'm talking like dancing around to Mariah Carey, wearing my like <laughs> mom's heels and, and her pajamas, and pretending her hair was mine because she had yeah. long hair down oh to God, like really. So I would just like pretend it was mine. <laughs> and um, I remember always getting, like, bullied for it and, like, you know, getting beat up by the by my brothers and, like, mm-hmm. other boys in the block and, like, not going outside and playing with them and instead staying inside with my mom and listening to, like, Shania Twain and whatever. Um, but I remember as I was growing up um, learning about sort of what Two-Spirit was. In a way, that was, like, I had no choice. Yes. I was being called Two-Spirit by my family. Totally. I didn't know what it meant really? at that point. Huh. I was only, like, maybe four. And so hearing that from other people... Um, Got me curious about it. And I remember when I fully embraced my two-spirit identity, I was about 17. Okay. And I was just kind of coming out. And um, I remember thinking also that my femininity was a big weakness Mm -hmm. of mine because I had no other way to perceive it when every time I was feminine or was myself, I was being, you know, someone was throwing a rock at me and like trying to hurt me for it. And um, one of the teachings that I got about my identity and about femininity in particular um, comes from the Cree word is, iskohiteo, which in Cree means fire. Okay. But isque it means woman. Mm. So the root word is fire. I love so it. so women are this fire, you know what I mean? They're our fire keepers. They keep our home fire. They, they warm mm. our communities. And I remember one of my aunties who actually just passed away six months ago. So mm. in honor of my auntie, I try to give this teaching a lot. I remember she told me, you're... So her little sister was my mom who passed when I was seven. And I remember she told me all of that femininity that that you have is sacred and it's there for a reason. And your mother's spirit was so feminine because my mom was really girly, Mm -hmm. girly, girly, like always wearing turquoise and silver and sundresses and lots of makeup. And she just loved leaning into her femininity that way. And I remember my auntie telling me like when she passed away, her spirit didn't just disappear. It Mm -hmm. went inside of you. That's that second spirit that's so feminine in you that keeps you, like, so strong, you know? And it made so much sense to me because, Mm -hmm. like, I was raised by my grandma, my aunties, my sisters, my mom. And my dad left before I was ever born. I don't even know him. And I was just surrounded by, like, such strong femininity. I love it. That I realized growing up, once I was, like, 18 and started to embrace it a little bit more, that, like, duh, like, how could that be weak? Yes. At all, when all of the most powerful people in my life are women. Totally. And it was really good perspective shift for me and um, really kind of kickstarted my journey of like holding my head a little bit higher and Mm. being like, you know what, like all these feminine aspects of me, like I will find family and people around me that will understand that that's beautiful Mm. and treat me as such. Totally. And that I didn't have to really accept all of this prejudice and discrimination and, and violence from people that I was trying so hard to convince who Mm -hmm. just weren't able or ready or willing to accept that education and that learning. And yeah, so I just stopped kind of asking for permission from other people and just started kind of just doing me. And if people were falling out of my life, then they would fall out of my life. And that's the way that it's supposed to be, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) totally.
0: Thank you for sharing that teaching. I think that's that's beautiful. And I, I love this idea of like, you know, your mom's spirit being within you and being a part of you. And, you know, like, I think that that's like, that's, yeah. Oh, I got like goosebumps almost cried. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just such a beautiful, a beautiful way to look at it, you know? And I think a lot of people could, could use that sort of idea, you know, of like we are the next generations of the people that came before us. Absolutely. My family
1: keeps telling me. So my, my, my mom was always like kind of a firecracker Yeah, and, um, she was the only person in my family who traveled internationally. Okay. Wow. And, um, I'm always traveling internationally yeah. and like, I'm the only, still the only person in my family who's like really going yeah. around and doing stuff. And so they always like refer to me as like, uh, like my mom's name was Sheila. So they okay. always call me like mini Sheila, or I'm just like <laughs> traveling around wearing the same things she wears right, right, right. all the time with my beadwork and everything like that. And lots of makeup and having fun with that. And just like, yeah, I'm just, it's, it's such a good way to like honor her mm-hmm. and kind of like keep her with me. And, um, yeah, I'm just really, uh, I love language and that's why I think language is so important because Mm -hmm. there's so many teachings in it, right? Especially like indigenous languages where that have such a different worldview. Yes. Like it it makes sense that we would we would take the root word for for women and have it in fire. Totally. Like that makes a lot of sense and um, many of our uh, many of our words are like that and so I just try to reclaim the language a lot. And then so I'm like learning so many Mm -hmm. great things and I want to like share them as much as I can.
0: Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, going back to what you said a little bit earlier, I guess I'm like a bit curious just because I also, you know, I feel like I watch a lot of your content and I read a lot of the comments, Mm -hmm. like in your comment section. Why do you think that a lot of, I guess, not only just like people in general, but a lot of like indigenous people, like are very against this idea of like the word two spirit or like the even just acknowledging the existence of it.
1: I think, uh, I think part of it is, um, well, there's two main reasons. Mm-hmm. First one is colonization, obviously. Yes. Um, we had in Canada uh, what's called the Indian residential school system, yes. uh, which um, very quickly was a, a set of schools, many, many, many schools that were uh, church run uh, and mandated by the government through mm-hmm. the Indian Act. Um, which was enacted in like 1876 or four, and um just basically was a mission, legislation to mm-hmm. kill the, the the slogan of it by Sir John A. MacDonald um, and by the RCMP was to kill the Indian and the child. Yeah. And so it was just a campaign of assimilation and genocide against indigenous people and existed for many, many years. And the last one didn't close until ninety-six. Bananas. So yeah. So so because of that, we have generations of um, indigenous people who went on to have children or if they survived the schools, because mm-hmm. um, many of them died. Um, but the ones who survived these schools um, weren't allowed to speak their languages. Um, they were starved, they were beaten, they were abused sexually, emotionally, physically. Um, the ones who did survive are, are really disconnected. And many of them um, believe in the church because mm-hmm. they literally had no other choice totally. but to. Um, and so they're they're very hardcore Catholics or Christians, um, and colonization just succeeded with a lot of them, mm-hmm. and so it's no surprise to me because in knowing that that they would be against you know anything same sex or queer mm. or anything like that, um, and so that's one reason. Not not all of our people are like that, but many many of them have been affected heavily yeah. that, that that have a lot of healing to do in totally. themselves. Um, and then the second thing I think is that. Um, Two-spirit is just like, it's an English term, obviously. It's a it's a colonial term yes. to describe something that exists so complexly in so many nations. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people just sort of don't, they don't feel the need to attach that into, like onto their identity. And I've spoken with many people in the Indigenous queer community mm-hmm. who um, are very traditional and who know their languages. Yes. I just spoke to a, uh, a friend of a friend um in Mohawk territory in Ganawage, near uh, Montreal. And he said that like his idea of queerness and his culture and what he was taught uh, and in the language um, doesn't necessarily fit what two spirit is. Mm. Um, because I think a lot of people think that two spirit is like, you're a man and a woman at the same time, yeah, or totally. or you have two spirits inside of you. Um, which if you want to take it that literally, then sure. But um For me, it's more like I'm balancing two energies Mm -hmm. uh, of that masculine and feminine and kind of using that to make me feel safe and happy and move my life along, you know? And so I don't necessarily take it that that literally. And so I have no problem identifying as two-spirit because I sort of understand that it's a placeholder term that sort of invites non-Indigenous people into a conversation about Indigenous queerness. It's a catalyst, really. It's easier than saying "I'm Winkte." Yeah, and here's what that means. Totally. You know, um, we sort of have this um, uh, th- this term now. Two Spirit has been adapted by many people in North America, and has been a great way to help teach our young people. A lot of them who are disconnected from their mm-hmm. cultures or their languages, or who are fighting to, you know, come back into their nations and into their culture. Um, I feel like it gives them a good just. Like if they were drowning, it's just like a little safe buoy to like hold on to totally. until they figure out what they're gonna do next. Um, and then yeah, it really just kind of starts them on that journey. That being said, two spirit people, it's really sacred. It's it's yes. a spiritual identity. It's something that I I try to tell people like, if you're going to if you're gonna take on this term two spirit, I really would hope that you would know what that means mm-hmm. and what that entails. Totally. And for me in my community, two spirit people um often were held uh Not necessarily in like a super sacred regard. Um, uh, They were revered and celebrated, Mm -hmm. but more so they were allowed to kind of do and be whatever. And Mm -hmm. so many of them were child rearers, uh, mediators, people who, um, I like to call them the in-betweeners. Yes. Because they kind of were always the people with um, a different perspective. And that was sort of the main root of why they were like special was because they were able to see the world through a feminine and a masculine lens. Totally. Which not all people were able to do. Um, and so that's the way that I see it. Um, I dedicate my life to being an educator and to being somebody who goes in that in-between and tries to bridge gaps and exists in that gray area sometimes. And as a little bit of a troublemaker, sometimes when I go into spaces where um, not everybody is going to accept me, mm-hmm. I don't really ask or care for acceptance. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And I don't ask people to validate my existence and I just do it anyway and that kind of causes a little bit of disturbance sometimes for people but I have no problem doing that and I think that that's a, a role of two spirit people is just maintaining that we we will go in between and we will um help to change people's minds and educate Absolutely. and bring people together community build right so when I long story short when I tell people like that I'm Two Spirit. I'm necess- I'm. I'm kind of in a way saying that like this is the role that I play in my community. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Oh, I'm gay and I'm native. Totally. Which isn't what it is.
0: And I think a lot of people confuse the the two. Like they think like, oh, if I'm you're if you're Two Spirit, then like you must be gay. And like I don't. That's actually like not true. Well, I've had at people be all. like,
1: oh, do you know if so and so is like Two Spirit? Yeah. I'm like, are you asking if they're gay or yeah. <laughs> bi or trans or <laughs> totally. what are you asking? You know. Um, because yeah it's not synonymous and they're not mutually exclusive no
0: so, yeah. I, yeah two-spirit isn't like a like a sexuality or no. like a you know a, a, who you're attracted to no you know it's, it's definitely totally a, different. it's a
1: spiritual identity I think that encompasses many of those things because not all two-spirit people are trans and gay yes not all of them are bisexual and you know lesbian or whatever totally. you know? so
0: I think it's just like you know it's just like how not all indigenous people are exactly the same. You know, it's like, there's so much like diversity within, you know, I think like, you know, the culture and then of the, of the kind of term two-spirit and I I think people need to remember that. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and also like, I think, you know, it's, I think it's really important that I think like, you know, the term two-spirit also can't, shouldn't be used like, by like non indigenous people, I think that that's like, I don't know, how do you feel about that? No, I agree. Yeah. Stop
1: calling yourselves two spirit if you're like non indigenous. That's totally. so not why. Why would you yes. like uh, two spirit? Is like a it, it's a community, like, like I said, like if it was a community role, yeah, it's a community term, um, very specific and sacred to a certain community you're not even a part of that community how does that make any sense that you can identify that way i don't call myself like if i'm sitting on in a stadium watching a baseball game Mm -hmm. i'm not going to call myself the umpire yeah i'm not even in the game totally how does that make any sense so um yeah if you're with respect if you are non-indigenous stop calling yourselves totally it's appropriation and it's harmful and it uh, minimizes the sacredness. It takes mm-hmm. all the spirit out of two-spirit, totally. um, which is exactly what it is. And for indigenous people to constantly, literally be outlawed, we yes. weren't allowed to practice our culture, speak no. our languages, gather, do anything like that. With a hundred years of colonization and death and genocide, mm-hmm. you have... the audacity to now start claiming and stealing and appropriating indigeneity because you think that it's cool or it's trendy yeah. or it's cute or it goes in your Instagram buyer or whatever. Like that is so disrespectful. Totally.
0: And I have to admit, like, I've never, I've never actually like had this conversation with you before, but I think, you know, like when I was younger and in my teens and like, you know, my early twenties, I remember like stumbling upon the word to spirit and it was To be honest, like it was the first time that I was like, oh, like this is, I think this is who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And so very like uneducated, I like started calling myself that, you know? Which is, I I know, I'm admitting this to you. And you know, like, it's okay, it's a safe space. uh, (laughs) But it was like, you know, and then like, and I was like, oh, because I would, you know, like at that time, I was like, you know, obviously I wasn't doing my research and like really learning about what, what it meant. But like in my first initial steps of reading it, I was like, okay, like this is, I I feel this like, you know, kind of pull of like, you know, the, the masculine and feminine or whatever inside of me. But, and then, you know, and then I had to admit, like, that was such a big like learning for me about Mm. like (laughs) how fucked up that was (laughs) like how, you know, yeah. Like literally culturally appropriate appropriating I, I was being and like, you know, and I, I'm so, it's one of like, one of those things that I like, I regret so much, but like, mm. also it was a good learning for me. Totally. But like, you know, I think as someone who is, who is, you know, identifies as white, you know, uh, that I think is just like really important. And then I have to, I think it's important that I also admit, you know, my fault kind of like in, in sort of that, because I, I know that there is. I'm, I'm sure there's like an interview or something like way back when I first started modeling, where I referred to myself in that way. Mm. And it's just like I, I really want to call out how wrong
1: that is mm. and that people should not do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, agreed. and 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 one way that we can stop that is yes. by what exactly what we're doing now, having conversations totally. about it and talking about why it's wrong. and and, um, I think that it makes sense that somebody like you or many other people like you and like mm-hmm. me, um why. Two-Spirit really hits home is because, like I said, we live in such a colonized world um, that tells us you can't be this, you can't be that, Mm -hmm. you have to be this, you have to be that. So when this beautiful idea of, you know, gender nonconformity or just celebrating gender fluidity Mm -hmm. and all the diversity that exists there, when that comes along, it must feel so like validating and you Mm -hmm. feel seen and you feel warm and you feel like you belong. Um, so I don't blame you at all for wanting to call yourself 2 Spirit because it is it it, it is really beautiful, it's and, it. It, and it's why I like to share it with people is because that that sort of um, spiritual identifier um, is something so unique to Indigenous culture, but not only just culture in um, Turtle Island or North mm-hmm. America, but exists in like like I have a Maori friend who taught me about um, I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's like Taika Tapupu or something. Okay. And it's what they call their two spirit people. I love it. And then in, you know, Hawaii they call them like the Mahu people yes. and then Hidra. Um, the Hydra people um in India and so so many different indigenous nations having their beautiful ideas about that. So, um my response, I'm I'm always super gentle when I respond to people who um appropriate mm-hmm. um, the term two spirit um where I, I like you obviously had no ill intention. Um, And I don't feel that you did. And so what I try to tell them is, like, I I invite them to look into their own history and their own culture and in their own um, motherlands or wherever they're from. Um, Because they probably do absolutely have something really beautiful that they can call themselves. um, And if they don't, maybe they can go and talk to their community and maybe come up with something. Mm -hmm. Language is just that. It's language and it's... uh, literally made up yes, yeah. so we have the power to it. make it up <laughs> yeah. and it changes language is like always evolving and so mm-hmm. let's let's evolve all of our cultures and start coming up with some beautiful ways to describe ourselves that doesn't necessarily step on the toes of other marginalized communities Absolutely. and make them feel invalidated or like stolen from
0: Thank you for having this this conversation (laughs) with me. You know, I I think it was an important one. And I I was, you know, nervous and excited (laughs) to have this conversation with you today. Um, but another question that I have for you is I guess like how how like going forward from this conversation, how are you now, I guess, like celebrating like your culture? And your queerness, like how, how does that like exist for you?
1: One of the biggest things I, I do is literally just exist the way that I exist yes. because it's so hard. <laughs> totally. It's uh, and when I say that it's hard, what I don't mean, like, I don't mean like, oh, it's hard to like exist the way that I do. That's the easy part. But uh, existing the way that I do when it's not safe, mm-hmm. existing the way that I do when I know I'm going to get people totally. upset. Going into spaces, especially indigenous spaces, where I know that there's a lot of um, violence Mm -hmm. or a lot of, like, intolerance or a lot of, um, like, I just know I'm going to be at, like, it's going to be adversarial. For sure. That's when your identity and your self-confidence and your your foundation really starts to get tested. It's like, am I still going to be me when there's like a threat, totally. which I always tell people, like, stay safe. It's not worth it. Um, but one thing that I try to do in my, to celebrate my queer indigenous identity is I attend a lot of two spirit gatherings. Mm-hmm. There are a lot that exist in Canada. Um, I'm going to one every other month and I, I go out on the land with old indigenous people, elders, knowledge keepers, <sighs> people who are cultural protectors who mm-hmm. are two spirit, who are just consistently teaching me so many beautiful things And I try my hardest to learn, 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 like a sponge, Mm -hmm. because I know our old people aren't going to live forever. Totally. Um, And especially, like, being indigenous already, you have a lower life expectancy. Being a queer person, you have a lower life expectancy. So many of our two-spirit people are struggling with dying early, and I don't even know any two-spirit person that's older than 68. Yeah, wow. So, like... It doesn't give me a lot of hope, but I'm also like, I, I feel this urgency to learn
0: totally. so that
1: when young people come to me crying and they don't know how to, they have nobody to connect to, I can at least give them whatever I can. Mm-hmm. That's one way that I'm practicing my culture is making sure that I'm a protector, a keeper of knowledge. Yes, I try to tell people like, it doesn't matter if you're not an elder and you're not like seven years old and been in, you know, the ceremonial space for your entire life. Like even a newborn baby is a knowledge keeper. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like we can learn so much from Everybody around us and as indigenous people, we should be forever learners mm-hmm. and people who are constantly open to, to adapting and to seeing the world through different perspectives. And so because two-spirit people have that great ability to do that, um, that's exactly what I try to do to, to celebrate and keep and protect um, our culture. I'm right in the, I'm in the process of learning my language. I, love um, it. I speak Cree pretty decently, but yes. I'm not Cree. I just grew up Cree. Uh, many of my family is Cree, but I, like I said, my family is Stony, we're Yithkabi, mm-hmm. and um, that's a hard language to learn. I bet. Like I speak Mandarin and I speak Spanish through uh, junior high and high school and English, but, and, and Cree, but Stony is really difficult to learn um, even for me. And, uh, is it
0: because you can't, like, find people to teach you? Yeah, it's, or there's it's just like...
1: hardly any resources. Yeah, wow. Um, I remember one time I tried to take a course through Zoom, and the internet on the reserve was just so bad. And the elder didn't really, like, couldn't troubleshoot Zoom. I oh, don't know. So it was, like, just yeah. a whole lot of barriers and factors mm-hmm. already in place. Um, and because the language itself is just very difficult. Yes. That just made it even worse. Totally. It's, it was just, like, all of the odds are stacked against you, and then you know, like, like my auntie is one of the last, I think there's like maybe six fluent speakers left in my family. My, my auntie was one of those big pieces of like, yeah. like I was just mining her for yeah. information constantly and she loved sharing it with me. And then when she passed, I remember thinking like, why didn't, you know, three years ago I sit down with her and do a podcast yeah. and have her speak the language to me and teach me. And then I felt just this like big shame and uh. just like this, like I, I didn't just lose her as like someone I love, but I lost yeah. like. You know, sixty-eight totally. years of now your history, history. Yeah. and like we'll never have that now, and the my my kids will never be able to meet their mm-hmm. magushin, their grandma, and like it was just like such a spiral of grief, and so now I'm like, there's a fire under my ass a little bit where yeah. I'm like, if I don't learn this, I'm probably one of the last people in my family who will have that opportunity, totally. and the resources to do it, um, and it might just die with my generation, and that's really scary. Would you and, ever... the, and the government's not doing anything about it?
0: No which is awful. And it's their fault. Totally. <laughs> we should be preserving this. This is like the true part of Canadian
1: history. Yeah. Right? I have a lot of rage when yeah. it comes to language. Totally. Because I, I love our languages. Mm-hmm. And I feel so disrespected when I go back home to Amescocheweskaika, which is Edmonton in Alberta. I go back there and the entire city is like masquerading that they love Cree. You know, like every single street, every park, every national forest, all of it is all named in Cree. Mm-hmm. Every neighborhood is Cree. And no one knows how to pronounce the names. They just, the city planners are like, it would be cute if we named, yeah. you know, this park casqueteo or something. Like, let's just do it to, like, honor the, the language. And yet, where are the, like, schools teaching the language? Mm-hmm. Where, exactly. Where's the money going to bring elders in and document and create books and videos and, you know, podcasts and mm-hmm. textbooks and why aren't we doing that? Totally. We're not. And so it's empty. It's like a land acknowledgement. Yes. It's empty. Where's the action? Totally. Let's, let's fix it, you know? Stop talking about it. It's not gonna do anything. Our elders are dying. They're getting sick. Like they live in poverty. They're they're dealing with intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. They're all they've all they've all had the language beaten out of them. So yes. if the language is still there, let's protect it like a little pilot light and like totally. feed it so it builds to a big bonfire again, you know?
0: Do you think that you would ever take that on and documenting it?
1: I would love to um I would love to apply for a grant and go back home to my nation and gather up, you know, 50 people and have like a one week conference where we just sit around and speak the language I and never, create like a database where it's not enough to just have these books we need no. we need video of old people speaking it totally because exactly cuz that's so, how it's you talk, lose it right? yeah. yeah and 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 I, I I will look at a word and then I'll have my person say the word and it's totally it's different absolutely. and I'm like, oh my god i would have said that so wrong so that's necessary it's absolutely necessary and it's happening in many nations like yes. i have friends who are younger than me mm-hmm. who are fluent in their languages in their reserves wow because you have no choice but to learn the language totally. because they force you to do it since kindergarten yes why haven't we been doing that in like every reserve totally why is that not a national emergency wow well i know why it's not a national emergency it's quite obvious um, if you look at Canada's history but it's the same reason why the north like in the Arctic mm-hmm. why you know the Inuit communities are like un, have been under a state of emergency for 10 years because yeah. of the youth committing suicide and yet yeah okay so it's emergency no one's really doing anything about totally. it the money that they are sending up there is going to like it's going to non-indigenous people to fly up there to try to apply western ideals about mental health to our young people <laughs> and then it's yeah. not working no it's and not then working like, exactly well, we tried everything it's yeah. like no no you didn't give back the autonomy and the the power to indigenous people you took away all the resources and now you're like giving them white resources and yeah. like it's Which just aren't... so backwards well i hope that's why we have that rage yes, you know that's why i'm exactly. on social media that's every time you see my big dumb there. face always like
0: ah! <laughs> no because i you know i i think i think even though we are individual like people, I think we have the power to create change. And I, and I know that you are you are already doing it. And I mm. hope that, you know, when you're, an, when you're old, that you're very proud of all of the work that you've done because I think that you, you are. I think you're going to change Canada or whatever you want to call it, you know, for mm. the better,
1: I hope. So. I hope so too. I hope that it's not just me. And I hope that even young people seeing me do what I totally. do in spaces where I'm at because
0: you're creating community exactly even if it's just online right
1: yeah i just want them to know that like they're not alone we're all trying to like make the world a better place for our communities and it starts with just little steps and there are spaces out there that have already like had the wave paved for them yes and then they can step in and take up this gauntlet and being yourself sometimes is enough too absolutely now
0: i know you mentioned a little bit earlier but i i think you talked about land acknowledgements and then being empty. Because, <laughs> like, I honestly, like, I it feels so performative to me. Like, I, I you know, I get asked to speak a lot. And then they ask me to do a land ad- acknowledgement. And I just, like, I again, I feel like it's so performative. I I feel uncomfortable, yeah. to be honest, like, saying them. How do you
1: feel about it? <laughs> um, I always make fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get asked to do land acknowledgements so often. Um, even just recently, like I did, um, a campaign with prime video yeah, and they like put me up in this big billboard in young and Dundas and like brought me out to this event where I had to like host, um, host an opening slash premiere of, um, the lake. Yes. And, uh, they asked me to do a land acknowledgement and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, no. And they were like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's really important to us. And I was like, okay, kind of messed up. You're asking an indigenous person to do it. Yeah. Um, But you know what, whatever, I'll do it. And then I said, is it cool if I just do it my own way? Yes. And they were like, yeah, you have total autonomy. We just have to see the script beforehand. So I wrote it and I just ripped it apart. I just like made made it like almost like a comedy set. Yeah. Because I don't see what people are going to get out of me sitting up there saying like, "Mm." We are gathered here today on like Treaty 13, dish with one spoon territory, yes. homelands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And just name off land totally. of nations. Nobody knows who these nations are. No. They've never heard them. They're going to forget everything I said two seconds later. So what's the deal, right? So instead, I, I made a list of challenges, calls to action. And I said, okay, everyone, we're doing a land acknowledgement. But instead of that, I'm actually just going to ask you all to learn five words in Anishinaabe. Moen. Because that's the language of the people here. Um, Go out and become friends with an indigenous person. Go out to the Anin Hello store and buy one piece of, you know, indigenous fashion from some of these local vendors who rely on it. You know, go out to your local reserve, learn about, you know, what kind of issues they have. Maybe do some donations, raise some awareness. Mm-hmm. All of you should go out and learn about Orange Shirt Day. Um, what have you guys done for MMIW2SG? Like, um, maybe attend a pat. Like, I'm giving them so yes. many, like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then, even if you do one of those things, none of those things are particularly difficult. Yes. Um, even if you do one of those things, that is infinitely more valuable than me standing up there saying (laughs) we're gathered here on lands that aren't ours exactly cool let's continue the program none of that makes any sense it's like we're here we stole it we're benefiting from it yeah we're proud of it and on with the program like that's how it comes off absolutely and then when white people do it it's even worse because there's they think that they're like I I see the pride when they're like yeah. n- doing these land acknowledgments. They make them sound so sexy and so like huge and yeah. like they're giving like a national speech <laughs> for the British monarchy or something. Totally. It's so awkward and then um and then nothing happens and like especially like you know we go to a lot of events yes. right. I'm always at like red carpet events and like these events where these big galas and people go up and they always do land acknowledgments and I'll do a little bit of research and I'm like okay so the event we're at is funded by like oil companies. Yes. Um, none of none of what's happening tonight will benefit any Indigenous people.
0: Totally.
1: Why even put that land acknowledgement in there? Yeah. What's the point? Exactly. Who is it helping? It's not helping us. No. It's, it's helping you. 100. percent. It's just for you. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you should have just said that. Yeah. Like, let's not activism. all let's all not <laughs> let's not all pretend that what's happening isn't happening. No. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel about Kay. it. Okay. I'm so happy you about if, this. if I could just go up there and say, you know, f you all, give the land back, yeah. fuckers, like. I, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear yeah, but yeah. just it like how about thing.
0: we just give the land back yeah. have a good day totally
1: I would just do that because <laughs> like it's, it, it's empty without action for sure exactly oh, one piece of advice to any white person who's like whose work like is like requiring them to do land yeah. acknowledgement do the land acknowledgement but challenge people at the end to do one action totally. to respect the land yes or to um, or or challenge your work yeah. To do something. Like, if I'm going to give this land acknowledgement, you have to go and donate $5,000 to this really important cause that's happening totally. in the city. Or we all have to uh, participate in Orange Shirt Day mm-hmm. and support all of the young people. Or, like, maybe we all go and attend a protest. I don't know. Something, totally. you know?
0: Agreed. Yeah, there needs to be action. Why not? To it. Oh, well, Thank you. Thank you for shedding some light onto this. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think ever, like, not everybody agrees with me. but. Yeah most people do i,
0: feel I mean like. I, I definitely I, I feel like we're on the same level with this one <laughs> <laughs> i know i have like a few events coming up and so this is thank you for giving me some ideas on how i can change and this. stop
1: asking ai to write your land acknowledgements yeah. for fuck oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. you can just tell it's like oh, that's chat gpt yeah oh. that's like the first nation of chat gpt oh
0: god <laughs>
1: It's Awful. happening. It's happening Awful. out there. I worked for the city of Edmonton. Yeah. I was a mental health support worker. Okay. I wasn't even, I had nothing to do with my indigeneity. Yes. I was there because I was qualified.
0: Yeah.
1: First day, they're like, hey, our land acknowledgement's 13 years old. Do you mind rejigging it? I'm like, that's not in my job description. <laughs> no, exactly. At all. And in fact, that's like. How dare you ask me. Disrespectful. Yeah, okay. exactly. And it was like the worst land acknowledgement ever. It was just so politically correct and like. <sighs> And they were missing nations. I was like, oh. who did this? They were like, oh, the one other indigenous person we hired of twelve thousand staff 15 years ago yeah. who doesn't work here anymore. Cute. I'm like, okay, I'm the only one now. So <laughs> that's on my shoulders now. Not like you couldn't like, you know, pay the people of the land you're on to like totally. help you with it. Exactly. Whatever. People. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank <laughs> you for that. I I feel like that was that was another very important conversation. Now, on something a little bit, I guess, like, I guess a bit lighter and part of your passion is I know that you love, like, you love gaming. I big love into gaming. Streaming. I love mm-hmm. that you, like, share this because I'm, like, a closet nerd. So, like, I, I don't admit <laughs> online that I, like, love video games and all of that, that sort of world. Um, but I guess, like, how have you found, I guess, like, because the, the gaming world in terms of, like in terms of like your indigenous and like your queerness or, or your indigenous queerness like has it been accepting has it been like no a positive safe space
1: no nope. no not okay. at all it never has been interesting and still isn't really? um at all in fact it's worse no way 100 percent. um which is why i'm doing what i do yeah because uh the gaming so i for context i'm like a super gamer like yes. I'm talking like 15 years mythic raider in World of Warcraft, Love it. like with my guild. I literally did like guild meetups like five yeah. times around, you know, North America. Um, played on an esports team in Edmonton for um Overwatch, um, hit like Grandmaster top five hundred, oh Um, and played uh in the Overwatch Open. And then now I co-founded an Indigenous gaming organization yeah. called um Nietzsche Clan, which partners with like EA Sports and Rogers and like so mega nerd super super nerd when i'm not doing anything but sleeping and working i'm playing video games probably (laughs) or thinking about games or watching youtube videos about gaming um so that's my life ever since i was like five or six years old um but yeah my experience in gaming has always been so toxic yes because i love competitive gaming Mm -hmm. if i can't like win and beat people it's not as fun for me. I'm not one of those gamers who's like, I'm going to play Stardew Valley and walk around and like raise chickens and it's just like a solo player like Sims game. No, no, I'm like, I want to shoot people. I want them to die. I want to get a scoreboard. I want to see the results. It's very much like like a actual sports, you know, like hockey or whatever. Like I want to be the top scorer. I want our team to win. We need some like prizes. Like, That's how I like to play video games and what I get out of them. And so being in those spaces with other competitive people, the gaming, the gaming world is very similar to society. Um, The people who are playing with me in those games, 80% of them are straight, like cishet white boys from the ages of like 14 to about 30 so you can imagine and many of them uh gaming is their only sort of form of socializing and gaming teaches them a lot and oh my gosh is it ever toxic if you're a woman if you're queer even if you sound like a woman yeah and which i have like gay voice yeah and so if i'm even just if i just say hello literally sometimes it's just hey guys how's it going Instead of, hey guys, how's it going? Oh no. If I just go, hey guys, how's it going? It's like, oh faggot, what the fuck? Oh, of course, I got another like sissy on my team. Like the the whole team just implodes. And I'm just trying to win. I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm really friendly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm really good. So it's like, rather than like work with me uh, and be my teammate, they'd rather just throw the game Uh or like disconnect or like report me or like whatever consistently. I would say like, just as many good games as I have, I have just as many bad games, if not more.
0: Really? And it got
1: to the point where I don't I don't even talk in like I don't even turn on voice chat anymore. No. All of the queer slash two spirit slash indigenous people and women that I know who game, none of them use voice chat. They don't use it for socializing. They'll only play with people that they know in wow. real life or that they've talked to online for a long time and are safe with. And that's why I created Nietzsche Clan, yeah. because oh, it's just so necessary. The gaming world is vapid it's just vile it's awful and it needs to be gated up it yes. needs it needs to we need to have that's why i'm so glad of this like trend this wave of drag queens getting yeah. into gaming totally they're everywhere like every drag queen is a gamer now and i'm like yes bitch like they're the people who are always so unapologetic yeah. and we'll just read you totally. right back yeah exactly like they have thick skin Because of all the makeup, (laughs) but um, they can take all the insults and they just give it right back. and They don't give a shit. Like they don't care. Um, they've heard worse. Yeah, Uh, and they're not going to let some fifteen-year-old white kid bully them, who lives in his mother's (laughs) basement. This is so
0: interesting. I haven't actually heard about the drag queens. Like, oh yeah, there's tons of them. Go on TikTok. Oh my god.
1: Like every time I'm scrolling my For You page and looking at the streamers, it's almost always like just random drag queens. I love it. And they play all types of games. It's so hilarious to watch. Uh, even like Trixie Mattel is like super into gaming. Like. It's crazy. And so that's why, that's why I do what I do in gaming is because it was just one of those spaces where I'm in love with gaming, but the gaming world is not in love with people mm-hmm. like me. And I hate that. And right. I hate right. feeling like I can't be safe or that I can't enjoy something as much as somebody else does just because of who I am or where I come from or what I sound totally. like or anything like that. Because I will beat you. At your own game, yeah, I will. Shit, you can either space. be on my team I'm or really against <laughs> it. For real. But now we have Nietzsche Clan, so I yeah. don't have to worry about playing with anybody that I don't want to. Totally.
0: That's good. I think it's really great that you created that too. It's yeah. inspiring.
1: <laughs>
0: so as you wrap up, how can people follow along, your journey? Where where can they find you?
1: Mm-hmm. So I um I actually hosted the first ever Canadian original series for Snapchat, which is called Reclaimed. Yes. Go and check it out. Um Reclaimed. Uh, my username is O Kyron. It's just my first name, Kyron, and then just O O H K A I R Y N on pretty much all platforms. Perfect. Um I try to keep it consistent. Totally. You can just search up O-Kyron. you'll you'll find me anywhere. I'm like you will. on all globes of the internet. And I used to be a Used to be Tumblr famous back in the day. Um, Not anymore, but back when Tumblr was like a big thing. So I'm like chronically online. (laughs) I just love technology. I love the internet and I love technological advancements. So find me wherever you enjoy social media. Except for X, I don't really use that very yeah, often Twitter. Deleted. Mm, not really into it. I try Threads. Threads is okay, but it's like <laughs> it's, not eh, it's not no, it's not the same. <laughs> I like Facebook. I'm old school. Indigenous people love Facebook. Yeah, okay. Indigenous people, that's our social now media market. It's so like niche focused. Yes. Like natives only use facebook i don't know why
0: okay that's okay
1: but it's such a good place for like my business yeah (laughs) because they like share they like interact with me they're like creating events they're like top fans are like giving me money on there and i'm like i love it it's great so facebook okay you heard it here (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even realize i had followers on facebook because i just thought i had friends yes but i didn't realize people can follow you totally it was like almost thirty thousand followers
0: i'm like i don't even post on facebook that's hilarious hey i'm miss miss market
1: it's such a miss market yeah. get on facebook so <laughs> <laughs> ad for facebook for meta yeah exactly meta hit me up they hit up all my friends not me hello you ever have like brands that you really want to work with yes. but like they only work with your friends oh my god i'm like you. i wear that brand every day and Literally, post them like for the last two time. years and they're posing you like <sighs> i'm just so envious i think we just give them too much Uniqlo is one of those brands for me. Yeah. I've been trying to work with them for so long, and I'm wearing always Uniqlo. And then so they reach funny. out to like three of my friends, and I'm like, "Please notice me." <laughs> well, I do and you have House their Labs.
0: contact? I'm like, I will send you their
1: contact. I I do have okay. uh, yeah, it's in the works. I hope. Okay, maybe I'll hit you up later. Could happen. But House Labs is another one where I'm like, work with me please. totally. I need to. I love House Slabs.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot I of fun. You, I adore you. It kind of
1: and... was like a little, it's a little serious, but. It's important. Hey, that's
0: what this podcast is all about, you know, having those hard conversations. So,
1: totally had a great time.